Welcome to Social Scoop Podcast, hosted by your biz BFF, Kristen Busquette, and thank you for being here. Every Tuesday, we release a brand new episode for entrepreneurial influencers who are looking to more successfully and sustainably monetize their influence while keeping the soul in social media. We'll be spilling the tea on all the latest and greatest tests, features, and releases from the top social media platforms and bring you a valuable conversation with some of the top voices in the influencer and social media industry. Plus, I'm an open book. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about further, send me a message on Instagram at your social mate or kbusk. Hello, my friends, and welcome to yet another episode of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and I hope that you are really enjoying your day today. We have quite a few really awesome updates that I want to go over today, but first I want to let you know that our wait list for the Own Your Influence group coaching program just opened a few days ago. We have already had so many people interested in the program. It is our most affordable program ever. The premise of this program is to basically get you from being just an influencer to an influencer who is running a successful, legitimate sustainable business, just as I have in the last few years. So if you want more information about the group coaching program, definitely head to the link that we have in the description of this episode. You can check out the website to learn more about the program and get on the wait list there so that when the program actually does go live, you'll actually be able to get first dibs on the discounted pricing. Getting into our social media news for today, we have quite a few really interesting pieces of news that I've actually found very valuable. I know a lot of the times when we have news, sometimes there are things that we're like, why are they spending time on these updates? Like, we have more important things that we need. This week seems to be full of those more important things. First things first, you can now search conversations in your DMs. I know this is something that I have struggled with. I'm sure you have too. When you know you talk to someone about something and you just can't find out where in the conversation it is. So instead of scrolling through a million different parts of that conversation, however long it is, especially if it's someone you talk to all the time, now you will be able to go to that conversation, hit the I in the top right hand corner to get to information search conversation. You just type in the search term and it's going to show you every time that word was mentioned in your conversation with that person. Game changer. Such a time saver. We love it. Also, Instagram is updating this new feature. They are allowing you to bulk delete or archive posts. I have so many old, crusty, dusty photos down somewhere in my feed from when I first started my page in, I don't know, 2012. I don't want anyone to see any of that stuff. It is embarrassing, but I will tell you, I am way too lazy to go down there and delete all of that shit. So instead, what you can do now when you're on your profile, top right-hand corner, the three little lines, they call it the hamburger. If you didn't know, I found that out recently. You go to the little hamburger button in the top right-hand corner of your profile, Then you'll hit your activity, posts and videos, and then select all that you would like to delete or archive. And then on the bottom, you can either hit delete or archive. So easy. And again, can definitely help you clean out your feed if there are things that you want to get rid of. Now, if you don't want to get rid of anything, then whatever, ignore this. That's fine. You don't need to go back and like, you know, clean out your Instagram if you don't want to. I don't think a lot of brands are going to even be scrolling back that far. But just for me and my peace of mind, I like to get rid of the stuff that I'm just like, why did I ever post that? What the fuck was wrong with me? So we're getting rid of that. 
TikTok is officially releasing their reshare or repost feature. We had talked about this a few weeks ago being tested. It is officially available for everyone at this point. So basically, if you go into your For You page or your following feed and you find a video that you're like, I need everyone to see this shit, all you can do here is go onto the three little dots, super easy, where you would normally share things um, or you can just hit the share button and basically a new option that says repost will come up you hit that and what happens is it will reshare that video to your feed so not to your profile feed but anyone who follows you and gets your videos in their feed that's where that video will show up also even if someone doesn't follow you and they see your videos on the for you page you will actually have those reposted videos showing up on the for you page as well it will show the person's handle who posted it and it will show that video that you reshared, but also it will say your handle reposted. So people will be able to click on your page or the original creator's page. I think it's a cool way to start resharing content that your audience would like because then they may actually click on your profile a little bit more. So even if you're someone who, for whatever reason, can't find the time to create two to three videos a day for TikTok, that's a great way to keep up on people's feeds without actually having to create any content. Also, one thing that I think a lot of people have mixed feelings about is finally here for a majority of accounts at this point, Instagram story likes. So basically what will happen is people will be able to like one of your photos or your videos on stories right next to where they would type a comment back. They actually will have a little heart button there now. So you can click that heart button and like someone's story. And then as the person who posted the story, You'll be able to swipe up and go to that info page. And on that info page is where you will be able to see who liked, how many likes. Again, I talked about this when we first found out about it. I don't really don't love the idea. I think it's a really nice way to communicate with people and like show your support. But also that will now probably take away from the people that are actually sending messages back to your videos and your photos on stories, which is very valuable because you want to start conversations with people in those DMs. So I think that could hurt us a little bit. And also it's just a mental health thing of like, we already have enough pressure on us as creators to get this many likes and this many comments. And we have all these metrics. This is just another metric that we're going to have to add on to our plate and worry about in all honesty. I want to tell you, don't worry about likes and in comments and things like that. But I feel like I could say that every single day, every single episode, and that you're still going to. That's the matter of fact there. So I really hope that this does end up feeling really good as it goes on and, and kind of just becomes something that maybe we don't focus on as much as posts and things like that. I just really would love to not feel the pressure of having yet another metric to take care of. So we'll see where that goes. I hope it goes positively for everyone. But we'll see. Anyway, I decided to put our quote of the episode instead of all the way at the beginning. I wanted to put it here. This was actually a suggestion that I had from someone who had listened to the podcast so that we can go over the news, get into this nice quote to set our mindset, and then get into the episode that is a little bit more mindset heavy. So I really loved the idea. I figured out a really awesome quote for today. It's actually an Oprah Winfrey quote. And I actually really like this one. I feel like it's very relevant to us as creators. The quote says, do what you have to do until you can do what you want to do. And I love that because I think so many creators have to go through things that 
maybe they don't want to do. Like there are plenty of jobs we have to have that we don't want to have because we have to pay the bills. We can't automatically start posting on Instagram and making thousands of dollars. It doesn't work like that. So you have to do those things that maybe you don't want to do to be able to build your experience, build your income, get ready to do the things that you want to do. I love that. I thought that was a really nice way to start off. So without further ado, we have an amazing episode today with my manager, Becca, who actually handles all of my partnerships, pitches, all of those things. She has so much great insight to offer, and I really, really hope you love her and learn more about Blogist. Guys, we are here today with my manager, Becca, who I am so excited for you to meet because she's amazing, but also because she just has so much knowledge on influencer management, which I get a lot of questions about. So Becca, thank you so much for being here. Hi. Yes, I'm I'm so excited for you to be here. And I would love to start off by just hearing a little bit about you and what you do. Yeah, of course. So I'm originally from South Georgia. Everyone always asks me that question when they hear my accent. <laughs> um, a couple years ago when I graduated college, I moved to Las Vegas. So that's actually where I live now. So really cool, like, you know, especially being a young adult living in Las Vegas. I've been with Blogus actually... February has been two years and it's been really cool to see like the company grow because we are technically still a startup, but we have grown a ton in the past two years and we brought on a lot more team members, a lot more influencers. We actually have a wait list right now for our advisory program. So my background is actually in fashion. I majored in fashion merchandising college and minored in marketing and business. So the classes that I took, we learned about PR and stuff like that. So I think it was really good experience for me coming right. into blogging. I already knew how to do the emails and the pitches. And in college, I wanted to get as much experience as I could. So I did a bunch of like social media internships. And so I think that's where I learned like a lot of strategy um, and how to help people grow their business and stuff like that. I love that. Yeah. And I feel like same thing. I also went to school for advertising and marketing communications, same as you, but I also went at a fashion school. So I did also have this kind of like fashion experience with the marketing. So, so much of what I learned about business as is stuff that I learned in college, but I think internships were just as important. I I definitely learned a lot in my internships about like what I don't want to do. And I think that definitely helped me get to where I am today. (laughs) Of course, I learned like a nine to five is not for me. Like I'm a very creative person as are you. And so I think especially in this industry, like the fashion influencer, the social media industry, like those internships are so important because people want to see that experience that you have. Like why should they listen? Why should they listen to you and your strategy if you've never done this before? Exactly. Yeah. And there's so many of us at this point, I feel like you do have to have something to set you apart. And a lot of the times it is, you know, like what you know or who you know too. That's true. (laughs) Um, So to start off for anyone who's listening, who is like, what the heck is a manager or like, you know, this whole social media influencer industry, I think because it's so new, there's so much going on and there's still a little bit of confusion on like, you know, what is a PR agency versus an influencer management agency versus influencer platforms? Like, they all sound kind of the same. So can you explain to us what a PR agency is, what influencer management agencies are, and then influencer platforms and kind of how they differ? Yeah. So PR agencies are going to get you into like the magazines. They're going to get you the 
like news placements and stuff like that. Influencer management is kind of different than that because we're going to get you the brain deals with Walmart, Target, you know, like all the companies that people really love, you know, even the smaller brands, we have smaller brands coming to us like startups, boutiques, stuff like that. So we help you really grow your business. And something that I love about bloggers from other influencer agencies is that we actually take the time to really help you with your strategy and focus on, okay, why is my content not performing well? How can I change that? And you know, the beginning of each quarter, we kind of sit down and we look at your goals and we plan it out and we kind of see, okay, were we able to meet our goals from last quarter? And that's something that I really love. And a lot of our influencers do too. They love that connection that they have with their management team. And then influencer platforms are kind of like Maverick, Aspire, stuff like that. So they're kind of, you sign up for their database and they send you brand deals. There's really no connection there. And a lot of them won't negotiate with you. And it's bad to say, but a lot of companies will take you more seriously when you have a manager and they'll, you know, be like, okay, this girl is the real deal. We're going to give her more money. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I mean, with PR agencies versus like an influencer management agency, I feel like influencer management agencies are really similar to like a modeling agency where, again, like you're the ones helping find the jobs. You know, obviously, as influencers, our jobs are when we're working with brands and things like that. So, you guys are the best connection between the job and the influencer or the brand and the influencer. But I think, again, what you said, like how you guys are a little different from a lot of other agencies is you actually help to basically groom the influencer, get to where they need to be so that you have more success pitching them to brands. You know, it's more than just like being able to put together the perfect pitch. You have to also make sure that your talent is in a good spot, you know, their engagement and their content and all of these different things that are so important when you're pitching. Yeah. And so when you first sign on with us, we normally like to start with like strategy and just figuring out what's working, what's not working, because if you can't be consistent posting organically, then how are you going to keep up with these brand deals? And I think a lot of influencers forget that part that the strategy is just as important as getting the paid brand deals. And of course, everyone wants to get paid, especially if this is your full-time job. But like, we really want to like set you up for success from the start. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and that's one reason that I love working with you guys. I feel like Blogus does differentiate themselves so much from other influencer management companies. I know before I started working with you guys, maybe in 2020, I think it was, I did a trial with an agency who approached me and it was moral of the story, just a hot mess. I won't go into crazy detail, but I do appreciate like the time that I have one-on-one, which I, again, I think is so different. So tell us a little bit more about your role at Blogus and like what your day-to-day looks like. I'm sure it's different every day, but a general idea. Yeah. Well, that's what I love about this industry is like, you never have the same day. So let's see. So like Monday through Wednesday is kind of like my meetings with internal people, like people I work with. And then I'm basically on the computer all day long, answering emails, um, looking at contracts, sending pitches, stuff like that. Thursdays are like the call days. So I meet with all my influencers. I split them up into two different weeks. But on Thursdays, we meet, we talk about strategy, we talk about your goals, we talk about who are we pitching, updates and stuff like that. But for the most part in this industry, like if you don't like emails, (laughs) 
We're not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly so crazy. I think it's so funny to think about where like you meet someone and you're like, oh, I'm an influencer. They just think you like, I don't know, like sit around and yeah like do cute stuff all day and you're just like no I literally can't even see anymore because I've been answering emails for so long (laughs) I know sometimes I look at the end of the day like five o'clock and I look at like the wall and I just see (laughs) like words I'm like okay I need to take I need to take a break (laughs) seriously yeah I mean honestly I feel like it's that way in so many different jobs at this point because like obviously with a lot of people not being in the office too like most things we do at this point are digital. So it makes sense. That also makes sense as to why so many brands are investing so much money in influencers. Like you've been with Vlogist for two years. Have you noticed that in those two years, brands from what, you know, when you started, they're paying a lot more for influencer marketing than they were back then? Yeah. And I think the, you know, the pandemic had a big thing to do with it because if you influence the industry in 2020, it was thriving. You know, people were at home, they were shopping. And I know at the beginning of it, March 2020, some of our influencers were worried, you know, brands took a moment and they pivoted. So they weren't doing like marketing how they normally had been because it just wasn't working. People weren't visiting malls, they were shopping online. And who can point them in that direction? Influencers, you know, especially if you're on reward style or shop style, you could link it and that brand, like you saw a big increase in like Amazon sales. Walmart, I think is a big company right now that's really utilizing influencer marketing and they're doing it right because they did a huge rebrand with their clothing and now they're getting fashion influencers and everyone's talking about Walmart. It's crazy. Like without influencers, how could that have happened? Everyone's excited to shop at Walmart. (laughs) Yeah. You see so many TikToks, people sharing like stuff. Yeah. It's true. I actually have seen Walmart around quite a bit on social media. I maybe have to go there at some point. It's so weird. It's hard to wrap your head around. (laughs) Yeah. It's like Abercrombie and their rebrand. Like they're no more graphic tees. It's like actually cute stuff. And again, we did that with influencer marketing. Yeah, it's very powerful. So for an influencer who wants to, who sees the opportunity here and wants to get more, you know, deep into this industry and maybe, you know, make it their full-time job, really quote, take it more seriously as a lot of people say, why would someone hire a management and how do they know, or a manager and how do they know that they are ready for management? You know, like, I don't think everyone's a good fit. How do they know that it's the good, a good time? And then, you know, why would they want to hire a manager? So I would say a lot of our influencers come to us because they're getting a lot of inbound requests. And so they just kind of can't keep up with that negotiation anymore. Other people just aren't good or don't like negotiating period. And I think like if you're getting a good amount of incoming requests, that means that brands want to work with you. That means your content is good. So when we go to pitch you, you're probably going to have success with that. I would say if you're not getting, you know, inbound requests from brands, just kind of take a look at what's working. What are your audience loving? What are they not? And then seeing kind of what you can pivot and change from that. I will say with bloggers, if you're not, if you don't think you're ready to start with like our advisory plan just yet, you can sign up for foundation. And with that, you get strategy help. So one of our talent managers can actually like help you see like what's working, what's not working and help you create like a content plan on, you know, setting you up so you can become an advisory member. I love that. Yeah. I think it's cool that you guys do have those two different options because like I said, I don't think 
everyone is ready to like full on take on management. There's a lot of things that influencers have to work on before they are going to be ready to work with brands. And if they're not, I feel like it's kind of a waste of money for them and a waste of time for you guys because it's, is it like beating the dead horse? Is that how it goes? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, you know, we can pitch you to a million companies, but if you're just not a good fit or your content or your audience just isn't loving what you're pushing them, then it's just not going to be a success anyway. And you're going to end up wasting that money. Right. So what would you say for influencers who are pretty sure they're not ready to full on take on management because they're not really getting a lot of inbound requests. Like they're not really at that stage yet. Like what are some of the boxes they should be checking in order to like get themselves into a place where they would be a good fit? Yeah. So being consistent with your, you know, posting your content and then just really trying to find out what your audience loves and what they don't love. Also, like if you want to work with a brand, say you want to work with Abercrombie in the future, have you ever posted them? Have you ever shared them with the audience? Because like a lot of brands want to see the ROI, so the return on investment. And if you're not even sharing them to begin with, then how are they going to see those numbers? A big thing we tell our influencers is to brand flirt. So post about them, do some try on, share them on your like to know, pull your audience and see what they want to see. Also, a lot of companies aren't looking at the likes anymore. They're looking at, okay, are people sharing your content? Are they saving it? Are they commenting? And so I think having an engaged audience is the next step into working with more brands. Yeah, so many great points. And one thing I always love to point out, and I'm curious to see if you agree with this, whenever I think about consistency or when I talk with my students about consistency, they're like, okay, cool. So you want me to post every day? And I'm just like, no, like that's not exactly what consistency means. That's more frequency. I would say consistency is more you kind of positioning yourself as an expert in certain categories, being the go-to person for a certain type of content, a certain type of visuals, basically being a person who is like top of mind because you've been so consistent with the type of content or again, the visuals or whatever it is. I don't think you need to post seven days a week to be successful by any means. I think we'd all go crazy. (laughs) Yeah, especially with Instagram nowadays. It's like you could post every single day and sometimes it just won't do good. Like it just depends. And I definitely think it's quality over quantity. Don't just post to post. I know like a lot of people out there, their courses like push you to post every single day at the same time. But if you're not, you know, posting quality content, why? Doesn't matter. Why would you do it anyway? Why would your audience... (laughs) interact with that. And I think a question you have to ask yourself is, if I was my audience, would I want to interact with this? Would I want to stop? Would I want to share it? Would I want to save it? And if not, then I wouldn't post it. I also think a a mistake that people are making is just not working on reels right now or getting Mm. on TikTok because that's where a lot of people are seeing like, like quick growth. And no, Instagram is pushing video content. So Actually, that brings up a a good point and a question that I'm always curious to get people's opinion on when it comes to, you know, reels and feed posts and TikTok and all of those things from a management perspective. Do you find that brands are favoring one type of content over the other? You know, like I know that it's important for you to have a variety of content and, you know, show a brand that you can do pretty much whatever they need you to. But with all those different kinds of deliverables, 
are there specific ones that most brands are favoring right now? You know, it kind of depends on the brand. There are some brands who are focusing more on TikTok. And the good thing about, you know, video content is you can kind of do like a package deal. So you'll post the Instagram reel on Instagram and then the video on TikTok. Um, So I think it kind of depends on the brand. It also depends on the influencer and where their audience is more. I would say like Instagram stories and Instagram reels are really popular right now just because that's where a lot of people are. I've heard like a lot of people aren't really scrolling the feed anymore. And so with reels, like you have the explore page that you can just like swipe up on and like watch through all the reels. So I think it's more like video content is key right now. Yeah, it's so funny. I feel like every single episode, someone says something about how they need to start, everyone needs to start video content. So like if you're not doing it at this point, how many more times do we need to tell you you have to get on it? <laughs> I know. I'm like, I always tell my influencers, I'm like, listen, I know it seems overwhelming, but I promise once you get started, right. it's totally fine. And something that I always recommend is like having a day each week. So like a Monday yep. or a Friday to just create that video content and like edit it at one time. And that just makes it so simple. That way you're not like scrounging every single day to try and post a TikTok. Yeah, you don't have to like put your hair and makeup on and do all this stuff. It's so funny on TikTok. I literally will batch create like two or three weeks worth of content and I'm wearing the same exact outfit in every (laughs) single one. And I'm just like, I don't even care because they're going to be listening to what I'm saying more than they're going to be caring about my outfit. So batch creating, I think, is the way to go. It really does make things so much easier. With TikTok versus Instagram, though, I'm curious, again, from a management standpoint, do you feel like, because I know for in my specific case, I have around 24,000 followers on Instagram. I have around 15,000 followers on TikTok. So I understand that I have more followers on Instagram. If I had the exact same amount of followers on both platforms, do you feel like I would still make more money on a partnership for Instagram than I would on TikTok? I think right now, yes, just because a lot of brands haven't figured out how great TikTok is, like the audience on there. Like, I mean, a lot of people just love to shop. It's like the younger generation. So like they have that more disposable income. They don't have the, so if it's the right product, it's going to go viral on TikTok. But I think a lot of brands are still kind of clinging to Instagram just because it's still a very popular app. Personally, I just really love TikTok and I think it's like going to be a huge thing in 2022. I think especially with the way Instagram has been going lately, like, you know, there's always a new frustration every day. It's something new. So Mm -hmm. I feel like so many creators are almost doing this like mass exit from Instagram. And I honestly would be really interested to see where things go in the next couple of years, because I feel like there's going to be a certain point where Instagram is starting to feel like Facebook, where like, we only kind of use it when we have to, but we're mostly on this other platform, which honestly would probably be TikTok at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I think it's just like, everyone's going to kind of get tired of Instagram trying to be like other platforms (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I'm like I feel like at some point everyone's gonna be like kind of like how they did with Facebook they were kind of over it and just wanted something new but that's how you know MySpace was like people kind of just tired of it and they moved over to Facebook exactly yeah it is really scary I think for a creator you know in my position or even as a manager who works on a lot of Instagram partnerships it's obviously really scary to be in a time like this where things are still really so up in the air with all of the platforms Mm -hmm. I think that 
is also one of the most important reasons why influencers should be at this point trying to find different avenues of monetization that like they can count on just in case Instagram up and leaves one day or we all up and leave Instagram one day. Exactly. I totally agree with that. I was following an influencer who she's got almost a million followers. Someone hacked her account on Instagram this past weekend. So I'm like, that's why it's so important to have like an email list, be on others, like social accounts, have a blog, because at the end of the day, you don't own your Instagram. You don't own your TikTok, none of that, but you do own your blog and you own your email list. And if something like that ever happened, you can totally send an email out to your email list you can yeah. put a post SOS. up. <laughs> yeah, people will know. And that's what she did. And so people have followed her to like TikTok and stuff. It's so scary. I say to Andrew all the time, I'm like, if my account ever gets hacked, I'm just like, I'm done. I'm going to work at Sephora or something because I'm out. I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do at that point? That's literally the last oh, one. <laughs> I could like, I. it would be so scary. It's still so scary to think about. Again, having a backup, I think is very smart. So mm-hmm. for influencers, again, who are kind of thinking about taking this more seriously, looking into management, how do they know that a certain influencer management agency is the right fit? Because I feel like there's a lot of similarities with them, but there's also so many differences just from the, you know, you guys and two other companies I've done like quick trials with so many differences. So how do you find out what's right for you? I think it's totally fine to just email the company and, you know, they might send you over a deck with more information. We always send over like an FAQ deck where we answer questions that a lot of people, you know, ask. But if you ever have any questions, we'll email you and make sure like you feel comfortable signing on, you know, setting up a call, anything like that, just making sure like your values align with them. And you're going to be able to work best with them because, you know, not everyone is for everyone. Yeah, I think that is very helpful. But I think also influencers need to go into management thinking or knowing that they have specific needs. Like for me, my biggest issue and the reason why I started working with you guys was time. You know, like I can send a pitch all day and negotiate all day. That doesn't bother me. It's just like I don't have the time to do so. I would rather put that time into creating content and, you know, doing other things that's going to help my audience grow versus something that I can hand someone else who can do it just as well, if not better than I can. And again, I do also have that nice like padding of it coming from a manager and it does seem a little bit more legit. So I think it's important for an influencer to know like what is it exactly that you need help with? And then figure out what company does the best job at that. Like, it's really crazy because when I first started even thinking about management in this was in summer 2020, I had a company reach out to me that was like, oh, yeah, you know, we work with all these brands for you and everything. We'll do a trial. And it sounded amazing. Like, I agreed with all their logistics and everything, except I didn't realize that they didn't pitch me. Like they only handled things that already came into my inbox. They did not send one pitch out for me. And I'm over here like this is the most important part for me because that's the part that I don't have the time to do. So that was not a good fit for me. But I didn't really understand what I was really looking for before then. So I think once I had a more clear head on, yeah, like a mission on exactly what I needed. That's what I was like, oh, you guys are perfect because, you know, you can do a lot of different things that I just don't have the time to do. Of course. And I think one of the main things we do is we 
we want to get you back to doing the content creation because that's what you're good at. That's what your job is. And so on initial calls, I like to just take the time and like figure out how we can best work together. What are your needs? Like, what can we help you with? And then we'll split them in to different quarters and make sure, you know, you're not overwhelmed or anything like that. And I will say with influencer management companies, some of them, you know, will just mass pitch you at Blogus. Like we try to really, you know, you send us a storyline, insights and stuff like that, because we want each pitch to be personalized. And if you do, you know, sign on with an influencer management company and they don't start pitching you to begin with, it's totally fine to just be like, hey, what's up? And most of the time, like I know for us at Blogist, like we like to, like I said, focus on that strategy first and just making sure like we're all set up, you know, before we start pitching. But that's normally in the first like month or two. And then, you know, we start getting like in a pitch groove where we send out, you know, a certain number and just making sure you're comfortable and CC'd on it. So you have full visibility. I get like, there's so many influencers who come and they're like, my last agency didn't let us like see the emails they were sending out. And I'm like, that is insane to me. And I'm like, (laughs) Julian, one of our co-founders, she's like, no, like this is your business. You should be CC'd on it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like I'm a control freak. I need to know what's happening behind the scenes. Like, I don't want to do it myself, but I definitely want to come stock and read what you're sending out. (laughs) It's just like having an employee. Like if you have like a huge business, like you want to know, you want to make sure like they're with the same values as your company and like they're doing they're not right. sending out crazy emails. <laughs> exactly. And you have yes. no idea. <laughs> yeah. So I think that kind of plays into communication and just showing how important communication is between you and your manager. So for someone who maybe is like getting into working with a management company and maybe has been partnered with someone, how do influencers get the best experience from working with a manager? You know, like what advice would you give them to make sure that they're getting out of management? what they're looking for. So the big thing is communication, obviously, like, you know, if you have any questions, just ask us because we're not mind readers. And most of the time, like, you're in a different city than we are. So like, we're not up. So like, email is like the big thing. I always like to schedule like bi monthly calls, and we kind of hop on. So if there's any questions you have or like anything like you want to know about just bring it to that call. But I think that's totally normal to have like a frequent call with your manager. And if you're not, then you should probably be asking why not. Yeah. So just like communication and just making sure like, you know, what you guys are going to be doing when you sign up, when you sign the contract. Yeah. Again, I think you made a good point of saying like, this is a part of your team. You have to almost, you know, like it's a 50, 50 partnership just because they are management. It seems like they're, you know, like in this magical world above you like doing way bigger things than you but at the end of the day like you are in a 50 50 partnership and I think this is where a lot of influencers get caught up even with pitching to brands themselves or negotiating with brands themselves like it's the piece of I'm an influencer but I am also a business owner and I have specific ways that I need to do things or specific things that I need to be done and you have to be confident enough in yourself and your business to be able to say like, Hey, you know, like I, uh, didn't see you guys pitch this day to this brand. Like, you know, you tell me what's up here. I don't think that it's ever like, no one takes it offensively. You know, we're a part of a team and that's how you have to communicate. Like that communication I think is so important, but so many influencers are afraid to speak up and stand up for things that they want or need. Exactly. And I think just having that communication and finding the manager 
it's kind of like finding a psychologist that you trust. Yeah. Sometimes you might have to like try different managers out and see who fits better with you. Right. And I think that's totally normal. I think some people just get discouraged if like one manager doesn't work out. They're like, well, maybe this isn't for me. Yeah. But you kind of just have to figure out, are we going to work well together? Or are we both type A? Are we both organized? I think definitely find a manager who's super organized and loves emails. (laughs) Yeah, that's like a job requirement. (laughs) So when influencers are looking to work more with brands, what are the most common things that those brands look for? in a partnership like is there again like specific types of content do they love like personality being shown or like what are those kind of aspects of you know a brand being like oh we really want to work with this person I always like (laughs) I refer to this I don't know if you watch new girl so there's this okay good so there's this episode where Jess in new girl is like stalking this guy at a wedding date that she like wants to hook up with and she calls it bidening him she's like we're gonna biden him I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be there and so like I think this is kind of like a good way of saying like you have to kind of bide in the brands where you're just there all the time so that you're top of mind yeah no I think especially like brand flirting is a good thing because yeah. Just keep tagging the brand. They're not going to get tired of it. They're going to love that free exposure. But at the end of the day, you can send those insights to them in a pitch and be like, hey, like this is how many DMs I got. Like all my audience really wants to see more of this. They had all these link clicks, stuff like that. Brands really want to see the ROI. So are your audience engaging with you? Are they going to get sales from this? Um, Like if a brand is ever like, we want a certain amount of sales, I would say negotiate that or run because... Yes. I mean, you love to, you know, put a billboard up and say, I need this, a certain amount of sales from this billboard. So it's kind of the same way. I just think influencer marketing is really new and people just think that influencers sit around and take pictures and eat bonbons all day. <laughs> Seriously, it's so crazy. I'm just like, at this point, how many billions of dollars is this industry worth? And how are there still people that don't understand, like, the importance and the legitimacy of being an influencer like I almost wish there was a different word to call it because I feel like influencer is like such a tainted word at this point where people are again they have like those specific thoughts of like this is what you are and this is what you do and I always am just like I work in social media because I don't want people to like think a certain way about me it's honestly so shitty that it has to be like that yeah and I'm like most influencers are like they work the longest hours. I mean, just like business owners, like yep. you quit 40 hour a week job to work 80 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, how did we get here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when you are basically kind of navigating this partnership between brand and influencer and you've gotten them, you know, a deal and everything is great, they post and the post just like totally bombs. How do you kind of navigate that situation? Because obviously the influencer has done everything that they possibly can to make this post do really well, created awesome content. They've been engaging like all of the right things. However, Mm -hmm. like there still is a point where like it's in the hands of Instagram and what will be. So what is your kind of protocol for dealing with that and making sure the brand isn't like, oh, we hate them. We're never working with them again. 
So the good thing about that is a lot of brands like their team know that Instagram is a shit show right now. So uh, most of them are like, you know, they understand it, but we always will take a second if it, you know, totally bombs and just be like, well, why didn't your audience like this? What about this didn't work? What can we do again? And so sometimes if it just does terrible and maybe the brand is upset, you can always offer, you know, like an organic post. That way, like the relationship with the brand isn't ruined, especially if that next post does amazing, then we know, hey, it's just Instagram and them just not (laughs) wanting to push. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So when an influencer is trying to kind of set this up with a brand if they don't have management what would you say are kind of like the key aspects of a great pitch email like what makes a brand read a pitch and be like oh I really think I could see myself as a brand working with this influencer I think a lot of influencers feel like the pitch needs to be super long and detailed and I think don't like just (laughs) don't make it like two sentences but maybe like a couple paragraphs and that's it No, make sure you introduce yourself. Make sure you include some insights. Say you've posted about Abercrombie and you're pitching to them. Include those insights because like they really like to see the numbers and then just tell them like what you plan to do with the content. So are you going to do Instagram reels? You know, just keep it short and sweet, but make sure they have the information they need. And you don't have to go into detail about how you started influencing or anything like that. I mean, they don't really care about (laughs) that aspect. They just want to know what are you going to do for them? Um, Because... I mean, honestly, they get so many a day. They don't want to sit through and read your three-page essay on why you became an influencer. Yeah, like no offense, but no one cares about your life story. We just want to know what service you're providing, what it looks like, what if your audience likes it, you know, like the important stuff. Short and sweet, I think, is always best with a pitch for sure. Yeah, and I know a lot of influencers include like a rate card in their media. We don't normally do that just because, say, the brand you send over 1700 for Instagram posts, but they're willing to pay you like 2000 then you're losing out on that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but say also that your rate is 1700 for an in-feed post, I would say go higher because if they're going to talk you down, then you can end up at 1700 Right, right. Actually, speaking of pricing, this is probably the question I get the most, and it's the hardest question to answer. How does an influencer come up with their rates? You know, I wish like there was like a formula, but honestly, like they never work out because a lot yeah. of them are like, if you have under 10,000 then you charge a hundred dollars for an envy post. But at the end of the day, it's still a lot of work, whether you have 6,000 yeah. followers, 8,000 followers or a hundred thousand, you know? So I think it just kind of depends. I wish I had like a set answer, but it's I think so you just hard. Have- yeah, it just differs for everyone because you could have the same amount of followers as another influencer, but if they have better engagement, then they're going to be able to charge more. Um, also, you know, are your affiliate sales really good? Because a lot of brands are on ShopStyle or like to know it or Amazon now. So if you can link them and you can sell them, a lot of brands will pay more for that. Right. Yeah, I know when I was originally in the process of nailing down my rates. I mean, I did them wrong so many times before I got to a place where I felt like they made sense. When I first thought of rates, I mean, I think I first started charging when a couple years ago, a few years ago when I was around 10,000 followers. And I basically was on a campaign with one of my friends who has the exact same follower count, exact same engagement, super similar content. Like we were very similar creators. Mm-hmm. And 
we were just we talking one day and I'm like, oh, yeah, like this is what they paid me. And she's like, wait, what? This is what they paid me. And so we again, same creator. They paid her like two or three times more than what they paid me simply because I asked for something way lower because I was like, no way are they going to pay me $200, you know? Obviously, this was a few years ago, so things have even changed more since then. But I got a lot of my information from talking to other people. And I know a lot of creators don't love to talk about pricing, but I think there are enough that do. And also a lot of influencers who, you know, like you have a good relationship with. I think it can't be like a random person where you're like, hey, what do you charge for this? How much should I charge for this? I get those questions all the time. I literally delete them because I'm just like, I don't mind talking about it, but like, you don't even follow me, you know, like, come on, give me something like here. Hello first. Hello. Yeah. Like literally, or like a please. I don't know. But I talked to a lot of people that I trusted and I asked them, Hey, okay, what are you charging out of curiosity? And I did a lot of almost research in that way. But also I had a job at some point in my journey here where I was working on the other side. So I kind of got an inside scoop on what was appropriate for me to be charging. And so we actually put all of that together in our ebook that's in our Etsy shop. And it's like a whole rate sheet of basically like super basic starting rates of X, Y, and Z for how many followers. But again, like what are the things that you can bump those rates up for? Obviously, a lot of the things that are in the contract, like exclusivity, whitelisting, usage, all that stuff. But also like what's your engagement rate? Do you have like super high quality content that they can use in, you know, these really big ads or in a magazine or again, like is your ROI really high when brands work with you? Like all of those things that you can bump the rate up for. But we tried to get like a solid starting point for a lot of people because there's just nowhere out there that you can get a legitimate answer. It's like those stupid calculators. I hate those calculators because it's like, it's just different for everyone. Like you can't just plug your number. Like you can't do that. Exactly. Uh, There's like you said, there's so many factors. And I think especially like influencers who might not have a manager or never worked with a manager or who maybe haven't done a ton of brand deals, you're intimidated at first to like send what you know you're actually worth. And so it is, I think that's where it's good when a manager comes in because I can actually send what I know you're worth. Exactly. And, you know, I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're going to be like, no, we don't want to work with you. It's too high. Most of the time, like, we'll just email it back and be like, okay, well, what's your budget? It's normally yeah. not that much lower, honestly. And normally we can get them to meet us in the middle. So that's why we like to go higher. Yep. So they'll just talk us down and then we'll be like, all right, well, you met us at our rate anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's negotiation. I know we actually just did that exact same thing for a brand that we're working with. They said, oh, sorry, we can't make your rates work. You got back to them and said, well, what's your budget? They gave us a number and we made something work. So I think that when a creator is getting turned down in that way, like that's not the end of the road by any means. Like there's so many different ways that you can get that partnership going, whether it's like maybe you start off a little lower later on when they have a fresh month or a fresh quarter, maybe they can pay you more or maybe they can't do anything right now. But in a couple months, you send them another email like it doesn't always mean that the door is closed. And especially if it's closed right now, then you spend more time again, flirting with the brand widening the brand, whatever you want to call it. And then yeah. you basically, you know, later on, they're like, okay, this girl is like, she's obsessed with us. Let's just give her some money because she's clearly going to tell everyone she knows. And like, that's not a bad position to be in. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think the brand is ever going to just like block you from emailing them. <laughs> and it's right. never truly a no. It's just like, maybe it's not right now. Like a lot of brands, like they have a set budget they have to go through. So especially for holiday, like you want to pitch pretty early, I would say end of yeah. August, September, which sounds insane. But like, if a brand told you no, it might not be you. It might just be that their budget is done. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, not every brand does that kind of stuff the same way. Like I'm sure with all the different brands that you're dealing with, you probably see so many different ways that brands go about picking influencers, starting campaigns, refreshing budgets. Like there's no set way to do that. So you almost have to kind of like just shoot your shot a few different ways and a few different times. And then every brand could give you a totally different response. Yeah, for sure. And I'd also say another tip is like some brands are represented by like marketing firms. So their influencer marketing isn't in-house. So just, you know, find those agencies and like see if it's brands that you want to work with and reach out to them because a lot of them will enjoy that you're coming to them so they don't have to go find influencers to cast for these campaigns. Yeah. Another good thing about Bloggist is that we started a brand partnerships team last year so if you sign up with a profile on Bloggist, we can pitch you for these different campaigns that we have. So we'll like reach out to you. So just make sure you sign up and then put your demographics, you know, your email and all that on there. Right. Link your accounts just so we can see that back end information and match you with campaigns. So it's kind of like an influencer platform in a yeah. way. So it's everything built into one. Yeah, you guys are a one-stop shop. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So then in my wrap up here, I'm going to challenge you. Give us your best piece of advice for an influencer who is listening right now in two sentences or less. Realistic expectations. If you have, say, 12,000 followers, this is probably more than two sentences, but whatever. <laughs> uh, don't expect to get like a $100,000 brand deal from like Walmart or something. Right. Be realistic, okay? I love that. Yeah. I think that's really important. When you're able to manage expectations, I feel like you're almost at a nice point where you probably won't be let down because you're being exactly. realistic. <laughs> and it doesn't mean you can't get there one day. It just means right now that's not feasible for you. Exactly. I love that. I love that. So at the end of every episode, I open the floor to my guests to ask me one question of their choice. So let's hear your question. Okay. What is your least favorite thing about Instagram currently. Oh my gosh. How much time do we have? <laughs> this could be your own episode. I mean, literally I could do a whole episode on this. Oh gosh. My least favorite thing about Instagram right now. Well, at this exact moment, it's Tuesday the 15th. Uh, social mates, Instagram is just gone. Like I literally have no idea what happened to it. So that's my biggest struggle right now. Maybe by the time this airs, it will be back, I hope. Hopefully. Not really sure what the hell is happening. <laughs> I think my least favorite part about Instagram is how they change things so frequently that they don't almost give the things that they change enough time to work <laughs> before yeah. they change them again. So like so many times they're like, here's this new feature. And we're like, all right, we're going to learn how to use it. And then they're like, and they give you 10 other things within that new feature. And you're like, can I have five seconds to just like process this and, you know, like work out the kinks and you never get the time. I feel like it's just always so go, go, go that there's always so much to keep up with. 
and we don't have the proper amount of time to process any of it. Yeah, I feel like they're always trying to keep up with other apps. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, I feel like the only thing people want from Instagram is the chronological feature back. Literally. And I know that it's, quote, in the works, but like Andrew has had it on and off for like the last two months. One day he'll go on and it will be there and one day it's gone. So I'm just like, can you before you announce it to all of us, can you just get your shit together and like figure it out? Figure it out. <laughs> Literally, you don't even have to do any more updates. This is None. all we want. That's literally all we want. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Hopefully Instagram gets our shit together and makes it a happier place for everyone. Because if not, I do uh, not know exactly where they're going to go. I actually just watched a video. I'm going to have to send it to you. One of my friends sent it to me. And it was this guy talking about how I think it was last week, the meta whatever stocks like totally went crazy and, and did horribly. They were like the lowest they've ever been or something crazy like that. I that. Yeah, it was a really interesting video, but it was basically talking about how like people are leaving Instagram and the advertisers on Meta are realizing it. And so they're losing a lot of their money. And when Instagram doesn't have money, like what is that going to leave us with the platform? So like he was basically talking about how we're just like living in the demise of Instagram. And I was like, this is really scary, but also like kind of feels really accurate. <laughs> Well, it's a wake-up call, like yeah. we talked about earlier, to get on another platform, get a yep. newsletter or a blog or something. That way, if Instagram does, you know, crash and burn, <laughs> your business isn't gone. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's one of the top lessons for today. <laughs> well. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. This was a lot of fun. I would love to have you just tell everyone where they can find you and find bloggers. You also have like a lot of other really awesome things that you do. You have a boutique, you know, you've got a lot going on. So where can everyone find you and all of the amazing things you do? Yeah, of course. So I actually do blog kind of on the side, but it's just more like fun so I can be right. creative. You can follow me at styled by Becca blog. My store Instagram is shoplalajean. And then for bloggers, we are bloggers.co on Instagram. Amazing. And I'll have everything linked down in the little description there. So if you want to click on any of those links and go check out any of the social media pages we just mentioned, you can find all of them there. But I hope everyone loved this episode and got something really helpful from it. Becca and the bloggers team are available with, you know, any questions that you have, if you're interested in management or you're considering getting some help in any way, shape or form, they are open books, you can definitely reach out to them for some help. So thank you so much. And I hope everyone loved it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And we hope that you loved every minute. If you learned something new, drop us a review and let us know what you learned. If you hear something in this episode that you want to chat about more, definitely send me a message on Instagram at your social mate or kbusk. See you next week.